0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: Unless you take a chance on yourself, you're never going anywhere.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up everybody, I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Jerry Rowden here on the King Stage. My brother, how you doing?
1: How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. And uh, we have spent a little bit of time here uh, going back and forth on elk hunting. And uh, we could probably spend days, weeks. We could go to elk camp together all day, all night, talk elk. But today, we're going to talk mostly business. What kind of business do you have, Jerry?
1: We have a specialty construction company where we build aluminum walkway covers, Extruded aluminum walkway covers for mostly schools, churches. We do a lot of dock canopies for refrigerated uh, distribution centers such as Cisco, United States Cold Storage.
0: That's that's incredible. I love how specific it is. It does, it makes us young guys that don't have the experience that you do. I want to know, did it always start that way? Because you just got so specific that makes me go, Oh my goodness. But there's only so many customers in that. Obviously, I'm being facetious a little bit here. But tell me a little bit about the industry, why you chose it, that type of thing.
1: There's a lot of truth in the not very many customers. But many years ago, one of my suppliers gave my name to a company out of Jacksonville, Florida. I didn't know how large they were at the time. And so about 30 years ago, we did a job for a company called Stellar. And these people are nationwide and they specialize in refrigerated cold storage distribution centers. Yeah. So we basically traveled from coast to coast since then working with these people. Wow. And over the years, we've developed relationships with the EMJ Corporation. They're also nationwide. They were the guys that were doing all the food lines all up and down the East Coast. So when okay. they came to Texas, the first year they were here, we did 69 stores with them. Wow. We've been really fortunate to get in with some of the largest general contractors. In fact, EMJ was the largest, one of the five largest general contractors in the United States at the time. Wow. We've maintained those relationships. But uh, yeah, we, <laughs> it's kind of like this business. I really didn't choose this business. It chose me.
0: I, and- I love that. I love that phrase. I saw that in the notes here before we got rolling. That my team had written that down about you. Help translate that to the listener today. They're in a business. They maybe they chose it. Maybe they chose them. They're, they they probably started it out of survival or that they wanted freedom. What does that phrase mean to you now, being in business for the length of time that you have? But now you have choices. You don't have
1: to do this. Yes, and I, it's like if somebody says your name, they immediately think about your podcast. Sure. Name synonymous with East Texas Canopy. It's like my identity this way. And it's like my baby. I'm proud of it. I've done a lot of work to get here. I don't see myself now ever doing anything else. If I retired, sold the business, yeah, I'd probably dabble in something else because I've got a lot of ideas I'd like to play with. But originally, when I was a kid in high school, I worked for a residential patio cover company. After high school, I got into college. When I got through about halfway I took a job as a representative for a promotional advertising company. And I was traveling all over the country. But what I kept seeing was a lot of commercial metal doing it. And I was tired of traveling. So I came back and got with the man who owned the company. And I started pursuing commercial jobs. And within two years, I was accounting for about 80% of the sales. Wow. Uh, but long story, he let his daughter get involved. And it was a disaster. Quit and was going to go back to the advertising company and i was flooded with the contractors that didn't want to deal with the other company want to deal with me yeah so 1500 bucks from my brother bought a truck and went to work and that's wow. how I, started. I didn't really do this and i was only going to do it temporarily and it just blew up it's been in this part of the country we really can't keep up right now
0: wow it's
1: just gotten out of hand but i'm just along for
0: the ride you know i i, I hear you and the humility of i'm along for the ride because i think that you're right there there is a ride that we're on that's for sure but the reality is i heard you say you took a chance you were in the moment you didn't have to buy the truck you didn't have to borrow the money you like those were choices that you made although small in the moment literally led you to An incredible business that like you say, chose you. And so uh, I want to know now, I want to kind of like fast forward to like where you are now. And then we'll go back again, knowing basically that you came from nothing like ground up scratch, completely specialty area. You would have never chosen this business to begin with. My question is at this stage in the game, even though you're busy and you can't keep up and it's become much bigger than you for lack of better terms, what's the bigger picture for you? Like, why are you still driving at this level of success?
1: I have I've always felt a, a real connection to the people that work with me, work for me. Yeah. My son's involved now, and I'm I've got a succession situation where I'd like to see him take over. And that's he's old enough that we're gonna get there. I still really enjoy dealing with people that I've some of these people I have known for 30, 35 years in this business. Yeah. They're friends, some personal, but I love the challenge every day and especially in this business, because we don't, there's nothing cookie cutter. Every job's different. It's just such a challenge day to day to get your product out there and to grow and to explore new avenues. Yeah. I always liked getting up and this is one of those jobs where I've come to really love it. So when I go to work, it's fun for me. And there are so many people that I see that live in absolute drudgery yeah. and I not there. And I'm really appreciative of the variation that I have. I couldn't sit. I sit here a lot behind the desk. and But about a third of my time, I'm job site, meeting people, pre-construction meetings. I deal with architects. I get to run all over the place and take care of that too. So there's a. I have a, a really varied diet. Yeah. And it really keeps me interested and keeps me motivated. For our future, we're. I've had all three of my children at one time or another work here. My two girls don't want anything to do it, but my son does. Yeah. They're just the future. He and I are always planning, doing things. We're just really excited about working together and moving on.
0: Yeah. I love that, that father-son duo, especially when it can work and the growth comes out of it, especially like you're saying, the succession plan, you're talking about legacy now. It's a business that that lives past you. The name lives on, the business lives on, the whole deal. Super exciting. Okay, let's reverse back into maybe that first year, maybe second year, and you're in that place of one man in a truck, maybe three men in a truck, or whatever the numbers were. I wanted to know of a good decision that you made, Jerry, back then, that looking back, it was like, okay, that was a spot-on good decision that I made.
1: I think it had to do with commitment. There comes a time where you either are in or you're not. Changes your whole way of thinking changes, decisions that you make. I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Jim Rohn. No, but he is a, he's a, well, by virtue of me being in sales, I got to go to some sales seminars.
0: Oh yeah. You put it in that context. Yes. I, yep. I know that name.
1: So Jim Rohn was a motivational speaker. And one of the things that he would say is the reason you're here is it's the culmination of every decision you've ever made. Yeah, I and believe that I made a conscious decision that I was going to do this and I was going to do it right. It changed my entire outlook on who I was, what I was going to do. I had to step up. I had to not just be the subcontractor in the truck. I had to step up and take ownership. That decision alone changed my life. But it put me in a position that I couldn't blame anybody else. Um, I had to take the architect. I think his name is pei anyhow he designed the big building in australia that okay made, oh you know, I'm talk- the opera house? yeah okay so he said he was in the interview and he said to the guy that was interviewing he said i'm very severe on myself i know that anytime something goes wrong i always had a chance to step in and fix it before it got there that's another one of those things always stuck with me so I just took extreme ownership and that decision alone really changed the course of me and how I think and what I was acting, how I was acting and what I was doing as far as company went personal life too it makes a big difference
0: of course yeah what you said all of that is so good the culmination of the decisions that we've made have led us to where we are today it seems so simple of a concept or principle even but when you really analyze that it's wow That's really true. We got to be honest with ourselves and no excuses. We all come from different backgrounds, different opportunities, different chances. Of course, me being from a single mom family, I had different opportunities, different opportunities than somebody who maybe who didn't have any parents, maybe better opportunities. But the reality of it is that we all have choices. And so I love that perspective.
1: So I know some people that didn't have it so good growing up, but they used it for an excuse to do nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And I know like my wife right now, she and I grew up a lot the same. We, meager starts, but we both work very hard at what we've done. We're both successful in different realms. Yeah. You can't look at people who are doing better than you do and denigrate them because you're not there.
0: Yeah, you that's know? so true.
1: I see a lot of people doing that. i was always a guy that would, if I drove by a really nice house, I'd say in my head, I'd like to live in something like that one of these days. Good for him. Yeah. But I see so many people that spend their life instead of focusing on what they want, not on what they don't want, and almost being mad at other people for being successful.
0: Yeah, that's so true. It's
1: waste of time.
0: It is. It's a negative energy. It's not going to propel you forward. There's no fuel there to get you what you want, like you said. So it's futile. Jerry, I want you to flip the coin. I want you to tell me in the same years, early on, pre-seven figures, ideally, What was a bad decision that you made that the listener can take a note
1: here today and stay away from? I wasn't careful with my money enough. When you start making, when you don't make money or you haven't made much money in your life, and then you begin to make money, you don't really know how to handle it sometimes.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: I. It's funny because I see people doing it right now that I know, and I want to go shake them and say, "Stop! Do
0: it? Don't do it.
1: (laughs) All that stuff. You know, make your business stronger." We changed CPAs a few years back, and the guy said, Why aren't you paying yourself more? And I said, Because I don't need it in the first place. And two, anything that I can put back in this company and make it grow, that's what I'd rather do. If I need money, I can get it out of the company. But I never did get into that. Had to drive the newest car, had to have the biggest boat. Yeah. I was talking to my banker recently, and we've got a mutual friend who's a home contractor in Tyler here. He's building a million dollar plus home but he has to go into the bank every week and borrow money for payroll. That's ridiculous. That's such a terrible way to manage your money. But a lot of people buy into that, doing better than Jones's thing. And yeah. I read a book when I was a kid. It's uh, The Millionaire Next Door. Yeah. And have you read this? Yeah, good book. Yeah, and it's, it's simple stuff, but you don't have to have a, a $10,000 watch. And, but so many people, they just get into that mindset.
0: Yeah, I, you're 100% right. I think the it's easy to do it, actually. I think that's why you said at the beginning when you're making the money, it's easy to fall victim to that trap because it is. You now have options. And if you, especially if you never had options before, <clears throat> then it's a kid in a candy store type of a thing. But you're right. You taking money, putting it back in the business, inside Gathering the King's Mastermind, I've dubbed it as the King's Roll. And you, I mean, you take money from one business and you roll it into another. Or you take money from the main business and you put it in an investment. Like, Don't even look at it. Of course you gotta pay yourself to live, take care of your family, all the things, but it's just so much better in motion as opposed to being spent on on frivolous things.
1: You bet. We have in construction, they have a thing called retainage. You finish a contract, but the owner holds five to 10% of the entire contract until all the little things are taken care of. We operate on everything but that. So when that money comes back to us, we put it in a separate account and it's back up, it's investment money. It's emergency money. It covers us on a lot of different fronts. That's the money I could go buy a new boat with. But do I really need it? Am I going to get fifty, dollars $100,000 worth of use out of a boat where I could put it back into the company and a year or two from now make twice that much money with it?
0: Yeah. Yep. So
1: it's, it's a tool. We all know that money is a tool. A lot of us don't use it that way. But you can use it for good. You can use it for bad.
0: That's right. I love it. Okay. When you're making decisions, you've given us a little bit of mindset already, but I want to know, is there a principle or a discipline that you live by when a decision comes to you? Do you put it through a process of any kind?
1: Well, I'm a Christian, so I pray about things. And I will tell you that there have been a couple of times in the life of this business that I can't explain some of the things that have happened other than it was divine intervention. Yeah. That I did. I had a need I petitioned. It happened. I'm not a Bible thumper, but there have just been things that have happened to me I just absolutely cannot explain away. Yeah. Thought process? Yes. I'm a I'm a real deliberate kind of person. If there's a, a decision to be made about a certain financial situation, or I try to gather from friends of mine who are in that area, maybe be illegal. but I try to talk to them and do a little studying. I discuss it heavily with my son, who's a very smart individual, and we come up with the best game plan we can at the time, but I don't do anything rationally. I take my time. I educate myself, and in the end, I'm happy with the decision that I make. I've just found that the more advice you can get from people who are intelligent about the situation, if you don't have a thought process on it, the better you are.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff coming from a, a well-intentioned, as he said, but I think just the amount of decisions that you've made over the 35 plus years, you got a little bit of experience with making some decisions. That's for sure.
1: On top of that, it's not just going to affect me. I've got people. That it affects them. It affects their families. It's a sobering thought. I'm not just going to go out here and make some wild decision that might adversely affect the company because it's not just the company and me personally. It affects 50 people. can It has the potential to do that. It's sobering in that respect. And you've got a responsibility to these people who come up here and spend 50, 60 hours a week working for you. You owe them something. And that responsibility can be heavy sometimes, but yeah, their benefit as well.
0: Yeah. I've said this several times as this topic has come up on the show inside of Gathering the Kings, a mastermind. We talk about the mindset of a warrior and transitioning to a king and everything that you just described is total kingship. It's realizing that it's not just about you. It's about the people that are around you. Of course, your family, of course, your business, your team. But now it's even beyond that, your church, your community. And when you carry that weight that you're talking about, the weight of the crown, if you will, it's sobering. Uh, that's a great word for it. It's, it should keep you in check to make good decisions. But at the same time, we're entrepreneurs. So we're going to push the envelope. We're going to push for growth. We're going to challenge ourselves and try to go to the next level. But that sobering piece that you're referring to, is because of the responsibility that we hold, and and guys like you and I, it, we don't run from it. We want the responsibility. Like, put it on my shoulders. I'll wear the crown. That's fine, but you also have to realize that it comes with duty.
1: Yeah, there are people here that move as apprentices, and they reach the point where they can go take a crew, and be in charge of their basically be in charge of their own life. We have hourly, but we also have guys that we pay as subcontractors. Uh, Many of them are dedicated. They've been here for 20 plus years, but some guys reach the level where they can step out on their own and they just, for whatever reason, cannot take that step. They don't want the mantle. They don't want the responsibility. They just want to draw a paycheck and go to the house. And, you know, just never was built like that, but it's a little short sighted on their part (laughs) because Unless you take a chance on yourself, you're never going anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got to bet on you. That's the that's what makes who you and I are the listener. We bet on ourselves at least to a degree. And I would even say that everything that we've been talking about is you and me encouraging the listener to bet on themselves again and again, but doing it in a way where, okay, so you learn to make good, look at your good decisions, look at your bad decisions. Let's make some analyzations, look at Jerry, what kind of decisions has he made? What does he have to say? And then bet on myself again bet on myself again today and bet on myself again tomorrow. Build my team. Let's bet on them. Let's bet on me because it all comes back down to me eventually, but let's bet on these things and keep it moving forward. But it it comes down to exactly what you're saying, which is the mindset or the weight of the responsibility. Love that perspective. Okay. I'm going to transition a little bit here. um, Give you a different angle of questions. We call it the speed round. I want you to take your entire business, Jerry, and I want you to dwindle it down into one trackable metric. What would that metric be?
1: The one thing that is real indicative of how this company is running from year to year is customer satisfaction. If customer satisfaction is high and that, you know, you're talking meeting schedule, quality control, just response time, then everybody's sitting on the right cylinders. So the money takes care of itself if you take care of your customers. When you take care of your customers, they pay you on time. You have less redos, less mistakes, job site. All of those things in a nutshell is directly related to how good your customer is with your performance and how happy they are. Because like I said, if they're happy and the job's going clean, everything's working. It wouldn't be a money metric to me because like I said, money takes care of itself. As long as my customers are happy, everything's good.
0: Love it. What book, you already gave us one, but what book would you recommend for a six-figure business owner to read?
1: Wow. I'm reading one right now called Endure. Okay, It's really pretty good. And it talks about a lot of the things that you and I are talking about. Meager beginnings, worked hard, didn't even see him go in this direction. All of a sudden he's there, picked him up. And the struggles that you have To make yourself stronger. I referenced a man and his daughter that I used to work for. And what happened to her was that he babied her all her life. And it's like a moth that that doesn't struggle to get out of its cocoon, doesn't it doesn't build those muscles, it'll never fly. She'd been babied all her life, and at 40 years old, she was still a baby. And Daddy still couldn't discipline her. You gotta struggle, you gotta stand on your own. And I think this book is going to be one of my favorites, but Endure is the name of it. And it's, it's a good read.
0: Love it. We'll put it in the show notes for the listeners so they can uh, they can find it and, and grab the same influence that you're getting from it. Next question is, do you intentionally or have you over the decades intentionally networked or mastermind with other entrepreneurs?
1: Not really. I, I know that probably deviates from a lot of people, but sure, that's okay. my son went to four years business college at a, a Texas Tech here in Texas. And he, after he had been here for a couple of years, not even that long, he came and sat in my office and he said, I just wasted four years of my life, didn't I?
0: He sure did.
1: (laughs) He said, well, nothing that we do here is anything like I was taught.
0: A hundred percent.
1: But no, not really. I have friends that I draw inspiration from. Sure. In fact, I really hadn't thought about it until I read some of the things that we were going to talk about, but. I actually have two good friends. One's my next door neighbor here at the shop. Neither one of them got out of high school. Yeah, They're both multimillionaires. Yeah. Because of the very things we've been talking about, they've taken chances, they've worked hard, and they're really successful. It's just inspirational to see that kind of thing. I don't network with them, but I'm around their energy, and I'm friends with them, and that counts for something.
0: Sounds like a mastermind. In all seriousness, thinking and Grow Rich defines what Mastermind is. And obviously, those key phrases that you just said, not necessarily friendship, but of course, relationship and being able to talk, because I'm sure you've talked about each other's businesses and how's it going. And during the pandemic, you're like, hey, what's going on over here? What are you guys seeing? And that's what it's about. It doesn't always have to be necessarily teaching or coaching. It's peer to peer going, hey, what are you up to? And getting encouragement, inspiration, actually tactical ideas, whatever. A lot of things can come out of those environments, which it sounds like you've got one. You've just never called it that. That's awesome. Yeah. Last question here for you, Jerry.
1: That usually incorporates drinking a beer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey,
0: and and some people do it over the golf course. Some people do it on an elk hunt. I Obviously, both of those being elk hunters, but I went on an elk hunt. I usually go with my dad, and on this trip, I was with my dad as well, but I went with another buddy of mine, and he's got a great business. And as you know, in elk hunting, I mean, you got a short window in the morning, and then you sit for a good bit, and then you got a window in the afternoon. And we sat there for hours and hours, elk are down for the day and we're eating our lunch and sitting there for hours talking about business and strategy and this and that. And it doesn't really matter what's involved, whether it's beer, whether it's the elk hunt, whether it's a coffee shop or an online virtual thing like Gathering the Kings. But the reality of it is that you got to have people that you're connected to, which it sounds like you do. So that's cool. Certainly. Last question. My man, Jerry, if you lost it all, what would you do?
1: I've never really thought in that respect. Quite honestly, I don't, think it would, I don't think it would bother me that much. I've always been pretty happy with whatever condition I found myself in. And I can go sit in the elk woods or the deer woods, and some of the things that I enjoy the most, they're free at sunrise, rest morning, good breeze. Well, I might not live in in the same house or I might have, and and (laughs) probably it would be a real relaxation for my mind not to have to deal with this stuff, but I don't think it would bother me all that much. I think that I've made enough investments that even if the business weren't here, I'd be okay. Just take some adjusting. Yeah. I'd miss it, but I think I'd learn not to miss it.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, the I've had a few kings on the stage here who have kind of almost like that almost like that evil smile of losing it all. <laughs> that that doesn't sound too bad. And obviously not from a perspective of relinquishing the duty that you have to your team or anything like that. It's more of a
1: you know what? That
0: sounds pretty peaceful to me.
1: My wife always looks at me on bad days and she'll say, he could sell this."
0: That's right. Yeah. And it's those moments, like you said, because I just, we can go back to elk hunt because I've never been able to, on the show, talk about elk hunting with somebody else. There's not really that many of us, honestly, but in the moment of you're hiking multiple miles a day, you got a 40 pound pack of gear, you're in and out physically of trying to get in the right spot. And the things that make a difference, the sunrise and the incredible color, or the fact that you can see the silhouette of the mountain, or if you can just get close enough where you can hear the elk. It
1: yeah. like, I don't even need to see them, let alone shoot them. Like if I just just ah oh. that sound of the bugle is phenomenal. There aren't very many sounds that I hear that excite me like that. Yeah. It's and it I'll tell you when you're out there in the Rockies, you are such a small part of that environment, tiny. You
0: look look up at the stars and the galaxy and you're like, wow, how small am I? But then for me, I don't know for you, but it kind of in the same vein here that you're talking about, if you lost it all, it just, it reflects back to me unto gratitude of going how thankful I am for what I have, the family, of course. Okay. We've done some successful things, but really the things that matter, are I can look up at the stars that I have air in my lungs. I'm able to walk through the mountains. You woke up
1: morning and healthy. I'm 64 and I am healthy and happy. And I just, every morning I wake up, I lost a couple of good friends in the last month. Been one of my best friends for probably 40 years. Wow. Uh, my lawyer together. Um, it just, it's, it, that's another sobering thing that you have to start dealing with. But it, it's just living as full of life as you can.
0: Yeah.
1: Pesting your time on, on such inconsequential things like your fantasy football stats. Yeah. I can't tell you that I've sat down and watched a football or baseball game in probably 10 years. Just don't care. There's too many things to do. There's too many fun things to do that don't incorporate wasting three hours in the chair. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like to say no, no, nobody on that team ha- has a wolf on their jersey. I want to cheer for the guy that's wearing the wolf's jersey. Oh, that's me. Hey. us like my okay so let's cheer for that and eh, whatever game here or there but like what you're talking about as the meat that's the meat of going but if we only get one shot
1: why are you going to waste it doing things that just aren't beneficial except for anybody but the tv station
0: yeah, yeah exactly jerry you have been incredible is probably not even a close descriptor but thank you for your time i want to know How can one of the listeners connect with you further after they listen to the show? Our
1: website is easttexascanopy.com. My email is just jerry at easttexascanopy.com. Got a Facebook page. Don't, Don't really use it very much. And we have a page on LinkedIn. So they can find me.
0: They sure can. We uh, thank you for your time. Uh, We know how valuable it is. Your sage advice here, even beyond the kingship, just incredible insights of life and business. Blessings on you, your family, your business. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Chess. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there,